and welcome to the latest Library Girl and Book Boy podcast where I will be interviewing author Amberly Dodd about her new title Lightning Chase Me Home from Scholastic Books and where I have some reviews from the marvellous librarians over at Stenning C of E Primary School. I hope you enjoy it. So today we are very lucky to have Amber Lee Dodd on the podcast. She is talking about her newest release with Scholastic called Lightning Chase Me Home. Hi, Amber. Hello. Thank you very much for coming on to talk to us. Oh, thank you for having me. No, it's my pleasure. Um, I was just wondering if you could start off by telling us a little bit of what the story is about. I certainly can. So my new book is about Amelia Hester McLeod who lives on a windblown island in a creaky old house right beneath the North Star. Her dad is sad and silent since her mum left them and her absent-minded grandpa suddenly seems convinced something strange is about to happen to her. Mm. She's struggling with a new school and we're finding the right words and finding new friends, but when she makes a birthday wish to be reunited with her missing mum, she stirs a wild magic from the sea. Well, if that doesn't get you hooked into wanting to read the book, I don't know what will. <laughs> it's got all the, all the very best things, hasn't it? Well, I hope so. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. So um, you mentioned a little bit about the island, which is called Darkmuir. Yes, that's right. I had to check the pronunciation. I wasn't 100% sure. So um, according to legend in your um, story, this island sprang up with the head toss of a great serpent. And the whole story is kind of steeped in myth and legend. Now, I was just wondering how much of that was based on actual kind of Scottish myth and legend and how much of it was a product of your imagination? A little bit of both. Um, While I was writing it, I read a lot of Scottish myths, uh, uh, particularly Orkney and Shetland myths. Um, And a lot of the mythology and like the feel of the island was really inspired from those. And the central myth in the book, I don't want to give too much away, um, about the serpent is definitely based on a couple of myths. Um, The world serpent myth, which is from Norse myths and also from Scottish myths. And also from the very Scottish myth of a snake that arises lightning in the summer. Mm. Be interested in all of that imagery. And um, then I took a little bit of creative license to my story oh brilliant i don't know very much about scottish um myth and folklore at all so it must have been really interesting to research that was was it it something you knew about already um i have a little bit of scottish ancestry so i was kind of curious um about it but i i really didn't know very much at all until i started researching the book and there was so many interesting things that i think the original draft of the book was about twice as long i kept trying to fit more and more of these like interesting um wonderfully told stories in yeah i bet it was hard to cut it down just to the essential Bits. yeah it was but uh in in the end i think i i picked out just little things that really sparked my imagination and then sort of grew them into my own ideas great thank you um so you've mentioned um our main character amelia amelia hester mcleod who is named after two 
um, explorers. But at the beginning of the story, she's not feeling particularly brave because she's just about to start a new school and she thinks that her dyslexia will make her a prime target for the school bullies. And it was just it's interesting to have a main character who is dyslexic because quite often we don't come across that in um, children's books. Why did you choose to um, highlight dyslexia in this particular story of yours? I think uh, for exactly that reason, I hadn't come across very many books where we had a character with a dyslexia or dyspraxia or, a, you know, a, a learning issue. And I have dyslexia myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also worked in a school where as a learning support worker, um, uh, a learning support assistant. And I worked with students who had disabilities and learning issues. And they haven't read very many books with uh, protagonists who shared things in common with them. So I really wanted to write a book that reflected um, a different kind of protagonist, different kind of hero. And I based a lot of the dyslexia on my own school day. So it's quite personal in that way. So did you kind of incorporate some of the issues perhaps that you had at school within the story itself as well? Yeah, a lot of me, Amelia's frustrations with uh, uh, being able to write and being able to read were definitely things that I remember having um, or and, and I remember some of my students having as well. So it's definitely rooted in 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 uh, me and my go my growing up and going to school even some of the naughtier aspects are as well ah okay good to know it's always interesting to read back through and look at it from that kind of autobiographical <laughs> dance oh, it's, a, it's a new light on things doesn't it i think um so you do cover <laughs> quite a, a lot of um different issues really in your book you've got obviously Amelia being dyslexic which is a uh, an obstacle for her to overcome but you've also got um, her being in a lone parent family um, which isn't that unusual in children's books but I think it's more unusual in yours because it's a dad that is the remaining parent rather than the mum why did you make the choice to have an absent mother rather than an absent father for Amelia? Uh, well, after I finished writing We Are Giants, uh, which was very sort of centred around family, I had a grandma and a mum and, and her daughter and her sister, and that was all really focused around the women in the family. Um, I wanted to write something that was focused around the male, the men in the family. So mm-hmm. I, I started sitting down and writing the characters and dad came along and grandpa came along, but mum was missing. And I thought it was really interesting to tackle a story where it is a mother who's left um, because I haven't read a lot of stories with that. At, um, that issue in it no. um, and I, st- I started writing I uh, writing the story and wondering how Amelia would feel if her mother was absent and how that is a different relationship or how we see that as a different relationship from having an absent father and did you find um, telling the story with the the adult males being more central did that kind of affect the narrative do you think it had a big impact on the way the story played out and the dynamics within the family if it were the mother that was present? I think uh, it played out differently to how I expected it to, actually. Um, uh, I think the family 
uh, was just as tight knit uh, as the family in We Are Giants, which were which were all women, but they communicated differently. And uh, I, I wanted, you know, the voices of the male characters um, and how they would deal with grief or upset was different. I think to how I addressed the female characters and the women characters and We Are Giants. Yeah, no, but it was interesting to write from that different viewpoint. Um, you did, yeah. You, it was, sorry, go on. <laughs> it was. I really fell in love with um, Dad and Grandpa hmm. um, uh, and writing and writing their dialogue um, because they they don't always they didn't always they didn't chat as much. No, but the things they said um, are well, they're all really heartfelt in the end. Yeah, they kind of focus on the important bits and not quite. I suppose. To be very, very stereotypical, men in general perhaps don't have the, the, as much chit chat, perhaps as some as some women. I don't know. That's being very stereotypical, but they do tend to cut to the chase in important situations. <laughs> they can too. Certainly, certainly, perhaps my brother it would uh, fit into that category. Ah, yes. No, I think my husband's probably the same. <laughs> now he always knows exactly the right thing to say at the right time, but there's there's no filler. Ah, right. Well, that that does save time, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Not always feelings, but definitely time. <laughs> um, so you touched on um, Amelia's um, granddad as well. Now, in the story, he is um, suffering from dementia, which is getting progressively worse. And I was wondering if that some, was something that you had had personal experience of as well. Uh yeah i have i think this book is actually quite a personal book mm. um not to say that we are giants wasn't as well but more so this book uh i helped look after my grandma who had alzheimer's for a couple of years um and i think a lot of that sort of also wove its way into the book i wanted to have like a realistic portrayal of what that's like for someone when they're losing you know their memory and for what that's like for the people around them but I also didn't want to make grandpa you know a victim he still gets he still gets to help out and he still also at the end kind of gets to be a hero yeah I think it's nice like you said not to show him as being purely a victim of his condition because dementia you do kind of dip in and out there can be very lucid moments can't there as well as the moments when they're very absent yeah which I think can sometimes make it a little bit more heart heartbreaking, but um, that's, that's why I really wanted Grandpa to contribute to the plot as well, um, and and have his little moment. Yeah, no, it was really, really nicely, really well told. So you can tell that it was something that you had kind of been through in in some way yourself. Yeah, I think there's 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 just a lot of me in this book, um, but. It, it is. I just want to point out, it is funny too. Oh, yes, yes, no, it is. No, <laughs> it is. It's an absolutely brilliant um, adventure, right? It's just my kind of book full of magic and mystery and myth. And it's a really brilliant read. So, no, it's not a, a, a gloomy, a gloomy story at all. It just touches on a lot of interesting issues that I think will affect a lot of people. But they're woven into the story as much as the magic and the legend is. Yeah, is, thank you. That's that's, that's what I was going for. A nice adventure of lots of myth and magic, but really still based um, in that sort of contemporary world with 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 uh, 
issues that I think hopefully a lot of children can relate to. Yeah, with real people in it. Yeah, yeah. I always really love my characters by the end of the book. And while I'm writing the book, they feel really real to me. No, well, that... I end up having like arguments with my editor going, no, they wouldn't do that. They <laughs> wouldn't say that. No, that just shows that you, you put a lot of you know, thought and care into it. I think it really does show in your writing. Oh, thank you. Um, so moving away from um, some of the bigger issues that your story does talk about, I wanted just to um, touch on um, Amelia. You meant, um, She makes a wish on her 11th birthday according to local tradition it's a kind of rite of passage and I was just wondering if there was a specific significance to it being her 11th birthday why did why wasn't it her 9th or her 15th what, what made the 11th the, the the age oh that's a good question um I think a couple of reasons uh when I was reading all the mythology for Scotland, um, I, you know, I got to read stories about um, earlier Scottish set- settlers and their life on the island. And uh, children started helping out with the family earlier. So when people turned eleven, they were sort of really embedded in sort of fishing and and crofting and family life. So eleven's quite an important birthday. Um, on my Scottish island traditionally and also I think 11 is one of those big milestone years you know you start secondary school and you start to leave behind being a younger child and you start to move into being a teenager Hmm. I think I think when we look back it's 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 easy to remember the really big birthdays like 13 and 18 and 30 as I realized quite recently um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, I think 11 is one of those really pivotal ages um, where you, you've, you've gone into secondary school and everything starts to change. Um, I certainly really remember a lot about being that age. Mm. Definitely a reason why I enjoy writing for the age group. Yeah, no, it's a real, I think 11 is a real transitional age because you're getting too old in your mind to be a child but you're not a teenager you're kind of in limbo aren't you almost I think at 11 yeah yeah it's I think it's it's that age where you just you start to develop your sense of self just before you reach that sort of awkward being a teenager age where a lot of things get thrown out the window I think that's that's the start of where you start to pick up books that you hadn't necessarily picked up before and start to get a sense of who you are and what you like and uh, sometimes your friends change as well because you've changed schools so I think it's a really important age yeah no interesting thank you now is there anything about this book that you want to tell potential readers or teachers who might be thinking of using it in their classrooms that you haven't already mentioned that you think they have to know oh please buy it first of all (laughs) Um, and I also come to school visits so you can come and, and you can book me over my website which is just amberleedodd.com um, but also there's a lot of female explorers in the book as well which I think perhaps schools might be interested in looking at yes um, yeah so I was really inspired by a lot of the sort of lost heroes of history um, uh 
explorers like Helen Thayer and the pirate Anne Bonny and Beryl Markham, the pilots, um, and they're kind of woven into the story um, to inspire Amelia on her adventures. Yeah, I have to say, I was doing a project recently on um, Amelia Earhart, and it wasn't until I actually started researching her that I realised what an amazing person she was and just how brave she was it really is yeah it really is amazing i think you hear the name and everyone goes oh amelia she's that pilot right yeah um and you kind of know who she is but until you actually start looking at her story it's Mm. it's just it's just phenomenal it's you know they're they're the kind of women that i just would love to see more children learning about at school yeah, no, I agree. I think it's quite male-heavy when it comes to adventurers and explorers. It would be nice to redress the balance. Yeah, and also just in history, naturally men are uh, the leaders in, in our history books because that's that's what how it's been. But uh, we, we do kind of miss out on a lot of uh, great women in history. I mean, most of the most of the women I, I that weave their way into the book I hadn't heard of until I started sort of writing the book, which was a real joy for me. I kept discovering all these amazing women and going out and buying all these books to read about them. Yeah, no, well that no, I think that's brilliant. That's certainly something that I didn't know very much about before I started researching. So it would lend itself very nicely to a a project about you know focusing on adventurers and and that kind of thing so that was a a good thing to add on the end excellent point (laughs) (laughs) so just to finish off i was wondering if there's anything you were currently working on or if you have any other releases scheduled for this year which you were able to tell us about at all uh i can't tell you about anything that i'm releasing this year at the moment uh but i am currently writing another book for scholastic and that Mm -hmm. should be out next year so keep an eye out keep an eye out there is more there is more coming and is that a standalone story or does it follow on from lightning chase me home or uh it it is a standalone story whether it's going to be one book or more than one book i'm not sure at the moment i'm sort of right at the beginnings of putting it onto paper Oh, how exciting. So I just have a question, actually. You mentioned that you yourself were dyslexic. I was just wondering, I know a lot of um, children in school struggle with reading and writing and structuring their work. And I was wondering how you organised your thoughts when you were planning and writing and if you had any tips you could give other listeners, perhaps, to help with their work. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, first of all, read lots. Um, I know it's the age old advice, but it really, really helps. I think a lot of things that we take in is unconscious. So when we're reading books, we are thinking about all oh, pacing and plotting and character. Um, another thing I would mention for anyone with dyslexia or anyone who's writing really is don't worry about your spelling mm. and your punctuation. Um, I know that's not what you're told at schools, <laughs> um, but. I think if you have dyslexia, sometimes you can be very self-conscious about that and you can get in the way of putting things down on paper. Don't worry about that because there are magic people in publishing called copywriters and they can fix your spelling for you. Um, And secondly, oh, thirdly, actually, uh, when plotting, sometimes it's difficult to sit down and write out a beginning, a middle and an end. If your brain doesn't work in sort of the traditional way for me at least uh so i think start at the beginning 
and then maybe have a little think about where your story you want your story to end up and don't worry if you're writing out of order start getting things down I always write out of order. I start a little bit at the beginning, a little bit at the end, a little bit in the middle, and a little bit at the end again, a little bit at the beginning. And I think it's all right just to sort of hop around and let your brain settle these things until you start to see your plot emerging. And they just kind of link themselves up almost subconsciously. Yeah, I think I think sometimes you need to get things down. I think when you're a dyslexic person, uh, certainly for me, it's more important to start getting work down uh, first of all and then you can come back and start to see the bigger picture of how you order things good advice apart from the spelling thing obviously when you're in school spelling is very important spelling is very important in school <laughs> but in the big wide world it's not and it shouldn't put anybody off being a, a yes who don't, wants feel, to. don't make it feel you feel self-conscious about it and think that it will ever stop you being a writer i've had so many children um come talk to me in schools and say i'd like to be a writer but i don't think i can because i'm not very good at english or because i'm not very good at spelling and i never want that to be the reason that someone doesn't write stories no i think school english can be quite different to actual story writing english can't it Yes. So don't be disheartened and just go for it. Yes, absolutely. Don't don't let these things get in your way because uh, some of the best storytellers I know are dyslexic. Yes. Now I can think of a couple of others as well. Actually, now that now that you've got me down that train of thought, but um, thank you. That's brought me to the end of all my questions. So oh, I'm going to you. say thank you very much for th- thank you for giving up your time to talk to us this evening. And, um, oh, thank you for having me. Uh, I hope I hope it was useful. <laughs> no, it was, and I wish you good luck for your your current and upcoming projects. I look forward to seeing what that is next year, hopefully. Yes, <laughs> fingers crossed. If I can get it all down, I'm sure you will. Well, good luck, and thank again. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Okay, thank you. I'm going to say bye bye now. Okay, thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Okay, and now it's time for some more reviews from the lovely pupil librarians of Stenning CV Primary School. First of all, we have Summer, who is reviewing The Silver Secret, which is the first in the Snow Sisters books from Nosy Crow. They are written by Astrid Frost and illustrated by Monique Dong, and they are aimed at pupils aged five to eight. Their second review we've got is by Joe. And it's called The Casebook of Sherlock Holmes, Cherry in the Cake, written by Sally Morgan and illustrated by Federica Frenner and published by Studio Press. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. Thanks, guys. My name is Summer and I am the Year 6 Pupil Librarian at Stenning CRV Primary School. The book I am reviewing is Snow Sisters by Astrid Frost and illustrated by Shannon Chancredi. This book is about three sisters who live in a wintry fairy tale castle. They are faced with different challenges, the evil shadow which wants to steal the ever-changing lights forever.
My favourite character was Hannah. I think mainly because of her energetic personality and because she gets excited really easily. The story really kept me guessing what would happen next. When it came to put the book down, it was so hard. This book is part of a series and I was disappointed when I got to the end of the book as I wanted to find out how the story would continue. I recommend this book to readers who have started to read chapter books. I think this book would be great for children who like secrets series books and adventure stories. Overall, I give this book a 9 out of 10. My name is Joe, and I'm a Year 6 pupil librarian at Sending Primary School. The book I'm reviewing is The Case Books of Sherlock Holmes, The Cherry and the Cake, written by Sally Morgan and illustrated by Frederica Frenner. It is a brilliant book where you become Dr Watson and help to solve the crimes from what you read. It is very gripping and it is a real mind workout. The characters feel very real and it keeps you guessing. Every last one of the scenes are amazing and written. If you think it's a picture book for younger readers, you would be very wrong. The book is very complex and sometimes I had to think and grab a pen and paper to help me solve the cases. I would say this book is for older readers who want to be a detective when they grow up. I would rate this book 9 out of 10. My favourite case was The Adventures of the Cursed Katushi because I love the history of the Egyptians. Two fantastic reviews there and I'm glad that Joe had his paper and pencil at the ready to help, help solve the clues in Sherlock Holmes's casebook. Well done Joe, and thank you Summer. If you've got any requests of um, books for topics or projects you're doing or if you want recommended next reads for avid fans of a particular author please do get in touch. If you have the Anchor app you can leave me a voice message direct otherwise you can find me on my blog www.librarygirlandbookboy.wordpress.com or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram as at booksuperhero2 or if you like Facebook, you can find my library girl and book boy group on there too. Don't be shy, get in touch. So that is it for this week's instalment of the Library Girl and Book Boy pod podcast. A huge thanks again to Amber Lee Dodd for letting me interview her one evening. And a massive thanks again to the pupils of Stenning C of E Primary School for their brilliant reviews. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. And make sure you download any episodes you haven't yet listened to. Please do tell all your friends. Um, next week we have a slightly different book. We have a non-fiction title for space fans out there. So make sure you tune back in. Thank you. Bye-bye.